0: Volatility is back. It returned with a vengeance in the last few weeks with the S&P 500 index plunging more than 9% since the start of the year, and the tech-heavy Nasdaq is down nearly 15%. Given this heightened volatility, investors must ensure their portfolios are well diversified, and they need to be aware of the possible rotation from growth to value. Investors could also be tempted to chase the highs and the lows of the market, but due to the heightened volatility expected, A clear guide map is needed. And to help us find out where we are on the investment map, let's welcome Adrian Pask, Chief Investment Officer at PSG Wealth. Hi, Adrian. I think we can all agree that the past two years were particularly eventful. What with the outbreak of COVID, the market crash, and the subsequent recovery? What, in your view, were some of the big lessons for investors in 2021? Hi, Kieran,
1: and, and thank you very much for having me. Yeah, you know, at a very eventful period for, for markets, it's been nerve-wracking for, for investors over this period. I think if we reflect back now, now that things have settled down quite a bit, at least uh, in, for, from a recovery perspective, as you mentioned in the introduction, that the NASDAQ has been quite quite volatile, but nothing like we've seen, you know, in, in 2020 and, and the sell-off there. But I think what the, the crisis did teach us and, and the subsequent recovery is that things are always volatile when you talk about equity investment and there's inherent cyclicality in markets and you should actually be in a position where you can take advantage of it so it's not necessarily taking advantage in the form of, of market timing really but it is being more measured being more tactical as those opportunities present themselves and it's always easy to say you know, we'll just buy that when when the market collapses and, and and there's opportunities there. But I mean, when you've got fears around around a sustainable world recovery, things aren't always as as simple as that. So the the second thing is is research, obviously. So these we we find a lot of our comfort in our in our processes where you know if you've done your work and you know what the company is worth and you. Um, are reasonably certain that they, they won't be compromised long term and they will survive. It's just a case of thinking long term, keeping your eye on the price. Then, then those opportunities become a little bit more apparent, even though, um, conditions are, are quite tough. I think the other lesson through this whole process has been to, to, to remember that even though you might have the view that some asset classes might be expensive. So in, in, in our case, we, has been fairly negative on on US bonds for a while but during the crisis period they you know they, they accelerated actually so it just goes to show that even though you've got a fairly good idea of where you want to be you still need to maintain that diversified portfolio just in case something happens to to the economic of a of a of a covid crisis or similar
0: right you touched on the bond market, and also there's a lot of talk about inflation what, in your view, were some of the key macroeconomic drivers of the last two years?
1: Yeah, I think it's it's exactly right. So in inflation and interest rates, I think... You know, it's really it's really two sides of the same coin. Last year's talk was very much about where's inflation going, transistory, is it is it gonna be more sticky? And we've seen how the, the Fed has now also flip flopped on, on the view with US inflation rate coming out at seven percent. But I think this year, without a doubt, that narrative is gonna evolve. We we're not talking whether inflation's gonna come or not, it's here. Um, and it is a risk, and it needs to be addressed. Uh, um, So definitely we're talking about interest rate hikes this year, So The only question is how the market currently perceives it and and where the error might be. So currently, uh, funny enough, both in South Africa and and in in the U.S., the market's pricing in three hikes. I think in the U.S. case, there's every possibility that it might be more aggressive than that because we've seen inflation numbers come out more aggressive than what was expected as well. So that's something to to keep a very close eye on. Um, In South Africa, I think, we're a little bit more sheltered in the sense that our bond yields are actually already quite high. It seems like they've priced in a lot of the, let's call it more fiscal risks for South Africa. But in doing that, they've also created some margin of safety should we see interest rate hikes. Um, So maybe less dire on, on, on that front. Another important macroeconomic outcome from last year was obviously the rebasement of the GDP measures, which I mean, there was really two key tailwinds for us in South Africa last year. The one was the higher commodity prices that really helped quite a bit in terms of tax revenue, helped the fiscals quite a bit. And then by by rebasing the GDP numbers, we actually expected it to GDP to go to 100 percent. Instead, with the income being elevated and the GDP being restated. We actually moved our debt to GDP number from roughly 80% to roughly 70%, which is funny enough, actually below the the OECD average debt to GDP ratio, because many of these developed economies are carrying quite a lot of debt on the back of the stimulus from 2020, 2021. So, So that's key. And maybe the last one that I can mention that I think is really important is China's economic growth strategy. So... Um, you know, we were getting a little bit nervous last year. Everybody's moving towards a tightening cycle. Um, you know, the commodities have done quite well. But if China's uh, continuing to tighten and and, and the growth uh, is under pressure, um, then that's obviously a concern. But then obviously they've now surprised us with multiple um, rate cuts. So it looks like um, we might have more demand out of China um, for for a while to come. So that will obviously also have an important impact on commodity prices and um, how well emerging markets that are um, you know producers of those commodities fare on a on a fiscal uh, front as well.
0: Going into 2022, what's your take on South Africa's prospects? Are we in a value trap, or will it offer opportunities for investors?
1: Well, I think there's certainly some areas of the market that, that would be value traps that, that look stressed and they're justifiably um, lower rated from a from a PE perspective. But I think on aggregate, there's actually very good opportunities. And I think it's it's real value and not really value traps. But again, you'll have to be selective through that. And then the other things to, to remember is, as I mentioned on, on the bond front, the yields are quite high and they're pretty well sheltered from, from interest rate hikes to come because there's so much risk priced into them already and if you look at our money market rates they're low but they're still significantly higher than what you would experience offshore for example so i think on all three fronts in our view funny enough we actually think that south african markets across equities as well as multi-asset portfolios have a very good chance of outperforming offshore peers so i don't think that's a a common expectation but we rely on the valuations and, and we think there's a good opportunity in South Africa.
0: All right, so that's encouraging news for South Africans. So there's still, in, it seems, opportunities for investors here. But are there challenges that you're particularly concerned about?
1: Yeah, I think it's it's many. I think most South Africans are, are incredibly well versed already in all the challenges that South Africa, as a, as a country, faces. I mean, we talk often about you know the public sector wage bill, dysfunctional state-owned enterprises, um, unemployment, especially amongst the youth. Corruption, uh, the risk of social unrest. So all of these things are challenges that's, that's with South Africa. In many cases, these have been challenges that we've been trying to, to deal with for a while. So it's definitely not, not without risk. I think the key is to understand how these things could potentially impact the investment prospects of the securities in a portfolio. If at all, there's quite a few of the listed entities on the JSE that aren't really affected by by those things directly. They have very little South Africa exposure. Um, on the bond front, I think last year there were still quite a few concerns around. Yes, but even there might even be a probability that you know bonds default and the higher yields sort of reflect that that risk is not zero. Um, but I think, I mean, going back to our discussion on, on, on debt to GDP, things actually look relatively stable, especially if you start to compare to to, to some of the other countries. I mean, if you look at, at U.S. bonds, for example, debt levels are completely through through the roof, and at the same time, yields are incredibly low. So, it seems like the valuations of bonds are completely decoupled from the fundamental reality of, of the fiscal situation in the U.S., We, at least in our market, it seems to be accurately reflecting the the risks in there. And again, it comes back to the point of having sufficient margin of safety um, in those valuations, which we think is the case.
0: Okay, so we've been speaking about bond yields and inflation. Do you think these key market drivers that underpin the market in 2021 are going to persist into 2022?
1: Yeah, I think so. I I think it's it's maybe just a change in, in, in the narrative going forward. So like I mentioned Interest rates and inflation are, are really, you know, two signs of the same coin where last year a lot of the talk was about inflation. Is it going to stick around? Will we see it rear its head? But this year, I think we've evolved into understanding that it is here, yeah, it is a material risk, and interest rate hikes are in, inevitable. So I think in that sense, yes, the, the same discussions are, are on the table. You know, The other key, key thing is, is commodity prices, especially from a South African's perspective, because that's been one of the key drivers for fiscal stability as well as earnings on the JSE. And if we see China continue to stimulate, that will definitely assist credit extensions in China as well well as commodity prices globally. So so that could be quite positive. Um and the other key thing, you know, obviously sentiment is is critical if we talk about equities over the short term. And there's still many many challenges being faced in South Africa. Um and and we can expect that volatility will will creep in um, as we see turbulence in, in, in our political environment, um, you know, on the economic front, still a lot of uncertainty around policy reform and whether we're on, on the right path, et cetera. So if if you actually compare where our situation sits relative to, to the U.S. from a volatility perspective, I think volatility in the U.S. is set to be quite high this year. We've already seen what's happened in the, in the early weeks of, of the year, and I think that's a a precursor for what can expect for the year going forward.
0: Final question, Adrian, what can investors expect in 2022? Yeah, as I mentioned, volatility is going to
1: be substantial, uh, especially in offshore markets. Um, And then in in South Africa, quite similar, as always, we we have volatile markets um, as an emerging market country. Uh, um, We are anticipating. a a rotation from from growth to value. I think investors are going to become more sensitive to how much growth they price into the investments they make. Investors need to be aware of a possible rotation from growth to value. I think that on the growth front, investors will start to price in less growth than what they did historically, especially so over the preceding two years. And at the same time, investors will also start to become more price sensitive in terms of how much they're willing to pay for stocks and, 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 and assume future growth. So that's why in our view, the rotation from growth to value seems likely for 2022.
0: Adrian Pask, we're going to leave it there. Thank you very much for coming up. That was Adrian Pask, Chief Investment Officer at PSG Wealth.